Okay. So, so, um, so we, we talked yesterday about whether uh, Ritzicha counts as an Yisra ben Adam Lechavero or not. Uh, we left it as probably not. We didn't put any bones on that now. So uh, let me just tell you a way in which you could do that, which I think we talked about a little bit last year, is Roshal um, Yisraeli's uh, claim that uh, at least that Roshal's claim is, which I always find morally problematic in the way he puts it, but nonetheless, I, I think it has to be quoted, is he claimed that Ritzicha is a mitzvah ben Adam Lechavero among non-Jews, and among Jews is both mitzvah ben Adam Lechavero ben Adam Lechavero. Um, I much prefer saying that it is a bitzvah in both ways, and that just extend Rabbi Israeli's argument that um, human beings, in some way, uh, that right, God has a chilek in every human being. I don't think there's any reason to necessarily frame it in uh, parochial terms. Um, it's easier to claim you know, that something about Salam Alukim gives God a Kenyan uh, in everybody. There are downsides to that. You lose autonomy um, for good or for ill. Rabbi Israeli claims that. Seems like that there is no prohibition uh, of suicide for non-Jews in those terms. Right? So he maximizes autonomy that way. That has all sorts of implications for general medical ethics policies, things like that. On the other hand, it has consequences I don't like. So I, I, I you know, as you know, I generally prefer strict scrutiny um, for distinctions between um, between Jews and non-Jews. Um, but you should be aware, right? The, the discussion of whether Rasicha is ben Adam lechavero ben Adam lemakom has a right, has an achronish uh, pedigree. It is, but it's mitzvah b'dam l'chavero. Yeah, because, right, because it's mitzvah b'dam l'chavero, and there are mitzvah b'dam l'chavero you can do to yourself. That's a general question, right? It's an interesting why of question, can you do it yourself? Because it's your body, but who says you don't own it? Everybody has a Selma Lukim, but Selma Lukim, first of all, what Selma Lukim means theologically, right? So we use it, it's a very good thing. We use it to say that we're made in the image of God. But Rashi, for example, says it means that we were made in gold in molds that belong to God. Oh, no. Why is it, you know, God made us and then he gave us to us? And so, you know, you shouldn't cut down trees if it doesn't make you happy. Just your body if it doesn't make you happy. Okay, so we should know, right? What you're saying is that, right, what you're saying is far and away the dominant position in orthodoxy in this community, uh, starting in the late 20th century on. For both Jews and non Jews. Right, it comes from an, an essay by, um, by Rav Yosef Zevin uh, called Mishpat Shailah, um, in which he argues that Shakespeare was an anti Semite uh, but didn't know any Jews. Because if we had known any Jews, we would know that no Jew would ever consider the possibility that you could wound somebody just because they gave you permission or had a debt because Jews under, because Jews believe that the body belongs to God. And then therefore you have no right to you have no right to allow it that way, right? So that is that's 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 right. That's his 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 his, 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 his about Shylock. Yeah, all right, that's how we built it already. That's no real chance. But the problem is there were Jews, even though they were illegal. Right. We have all sorts of you know, okay. But that's a whole historical debate. Right? In, res- in response to Rosevin, uh, Rabbi Israeli wrote, it, wrote an essay uh, in which I have deep trouble with the, with the context of Israeli's essay, which is the justification of civilian casualties in a, in a raid on Kibiyah. Uh, it's sort of a word case for civilian casualties and anti terrorist activities. 
Shibuya is the place. Okay. And so there were civilian casualties and sort of the Israeli wrote a long essay about the justification of civilian casualties, part of which is that people who put themselves in situations uh, right, right, where they deliberately endanger themselves have, right, have in a sense permitted you, uh, permitted you to kill them. So in the course of that essay, the problems with, mm. um, he, right, he takes on Rosevin's, uh, Rosevin's proofs. And so my problem is that I, I don't like the use of which of Israeli puts it. I don't like the conclusion he reaches in that way. But I think that his that his treatment of the evidence is absolutely dispositive. Just about nothing much. Uh, like his, he takes those evidence proofs apart. Right. So I like autonomy. I like autonomy very much. Right. I, I, so it's one of my standard public shurims. Right. Is do you own your body? Yes. Uh, as opposed to Rosevin or anything like that. But I don't like Rosevin's arguments against. Right. So I'm stuck. Because then it's just me against both of Israeli and Rosevin, right? and, <laughs> and that's not so. That's not so great. Um, so that's right. So just be. Uh, any case, so that's uh, so just to just be aware, right? Of the question of whether Ritzicha is purely a down the or a hybrid of a down the Kaviro and a down the Makom. I think Pasha Chat Marius is correct that um, that the fact that the first thing God says after after the flood is. Sounds very much like it's I have difficulty with the whole notion of Shermis in every includes at least as much as their are included in Dioraisis, which we'll talk about uh, at some point. Um, but uh, but you should but you should be aware that that is a uh, that is a um, that is a, a thing. Um, Okay, the other thing to point out is Yehuda pointed out correctly that mysteriously in um, mysteriously in Rabbi Hanan's um, description, he never mentions any financial crimes. And Yehuda pointed out correctly that, you know, usually when you list the you start with financial crimes. Uh, so why is, it that, 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 why is it that it doesn't seem necessarily that Rabbi Hanan means that you're allowed to steal the toilets uh, or that you're allowed to Cause damage to someone else's property, the toilet, and all sorts of things like that. So that's an interesting, right, that's an interesting anomaly. Um, I think one has to acknowledge the um, the the reality of the data Yehuda provides, um, and then having acknowledged that reality, you can either say inachanami or you can say yeah, but he really means it, and you have that uh, open. Okay. Um, I guess no. what's Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Rebbe said lots of other things he could find sources for. <laughs> you think he had sources for all the other all the other cases? He had specific cases, Kabbalah, no. Rafua. So he just couldn't find a case. Uh, we just couldn't find a case. Um, interesting. And we could test it, perhaps, by talking about the case of Rodev Shashavar Kalim, right? Matzila Matzila Svob your own life with someone else's money, right? So that's still that's a shaila. If Rebbe applies to money, then that shouldn't be a shaila. Because obviously, saving your own life is the um, right, is an ultimately positive purpose, and certainly saving somebody else's life. So we could tie it into the question of whether the claim you have to be Michelin when you use someone else's money to save yourself applies, even if you use it to save somebody else or not, right? So I, we could put it that way. You could say that right, if we were really fancy. We could say that we know what Rebbe holds about this, since he didn't bring that as a source. Therefore, Rebbe must right. We could and we could we could construct all the dishes we want. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay.
Um, that was a very, very rapid summary. Um, that made sense. Do you have questions? Oh, that made sense. You're good. You're good. Sorry, you're good. Okay. We're going to take a quick 30 second break while I go. Okay. So, ambition, ambition today is to um, begin from um, Ravasher Weiss. Uh, I think you all know who Ravasher Weiss um, is. Um, we've talked about him the last several years. Um, and um, yeah, we're gonna let we're gonna let, we're gonna let him speak speak for himself. Um, he is right. He's not. He's the beginning of the figure of the figure for us because he has something independent to say that's valuable. And then we'll segue into his response to Ramosha, and um, and use that also. Right, we'll, we'll use that that conversation or that disagreement with Ramosha to get back to um, to the general theme we addressed yesterday of the extent the difference between ethics and law. But we're gonna start with his beginning presentation. Um, right, so he starts with um, the Groh at the end of the lecture, who defines um, Mordecai as saying, the Reish Tov, whom Asim Tovim Midot Tovot, the Midot Tovot in your term, Mikulan, came calling Kohatara, the Meshukatu, Kohakoes, Gido, Veda, Vodazara, the Allah dropped out of the printing, it's Gilu. It's not like a ram that's a bit of a sorrow, in case you had a hundred minutes. <laughs> uh, rams are used for a bit of a they're usually, they're not usually depicted as worshiping a bit of a Okay. So there are things there, right? Um, right. If you know that there are many misfilled that function that way. So in a rhetoric about Kila Kola you have a choice uh, in our presence of terms to take it seriously or not. Right, you can either treat it as hyperbole, or you can take it, or you can take it as 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 great as creating a great conceptual equivalence. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, okay, so uh, um, okay, we don't have right. So I don't. Yeah, I, I'll I'll leave it to you to decide. Um, Right, this that's why whether color choice really means really equal to color because of an Ibadazara and color of Okay, good. Right, we're gonna, I, I think that if you treat that as um, non probative evidence. Okay, so what interests, what Weiss then says is the bigger term, the Torah of Wormid Barah, the Shahara having Midara Ash Milhakas, Milo East Firmamash. So this is a, right, this is a huge jump. Uh, because kas, you can understand, right, that kas means two things, the internal state of anger, right, the emotion you experience, and the expression of it, right? So it's, so it's fine to say, right, you say, what really mean is not somebody who expresses anger, but somebody who experiences anger. And if you follow the Rambam, right, so you know, the Rambam thinks that you should never, just about never experience anger, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't often express it. Uh, right, because the expression of anger is a socially futile, um, futile thing. Um, but that's not true of Lashon Hara. Right, what's the experience of Lashon Hara? Pardon? The expression, yeah. Right, 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 right. And I am experiencing slander now. That's, you said the victim says I'm experiencing slander, right? Not yeah. the, right? Not the, not the aggressor, um, right? So what would it mean for Lashon Hara to be Amida? So Weiss is making a, a big jump here. What he's saying is that um, there are certain kinds of actions 
where what we object to is not the action, but what it says, what it says or about your character, what it does to your character. Right? It's not right. It's not. It's not. Right? I don't think you can say it's experience here. Right? It's not. Right? It's not the same. It's not. You could talk about experientially, sir. Right. Um, Rosalvechik famously talks about a category called kim shibali. Right. That certain mitzvot. Uh, right, are only fulfilled if you experience them. Now, this has been challenged, right, in, on very good grounds. I think I probably go through this every year. Uh, it's been challenged on the grounds that does anybody really want to say that if you weren't sad during a velos, you have to go back and mourn again? Right? Did you miss the? Did you miss? Right? Did you miss? Did you miss the miss? Right? You know, this classic case of velos, right? That the the purpose of velos is to have the experience of mourning. But if you don't have the experience, right? You know, so you could claim it's like davening. And really, we should make you mourn again, but we gave up just like a davening. We gave up tefillah below kavana. We gave up, and we don't make you daven again because what are the odds you're going to have kavana the second time, uh, right? So, so too, we're not going to make you mourn. But that's I, yeah. Right, so there's a risk. Uh, right, mourning your risk. Uh, well, I guess I mean the maram basically says we give up on you. At a certain point, you should try twice, but a third time, we give up. But you're right, there's a cost. Uh, I think there's probably a cost, you know, the mitzvah get only up to right? Which is not a lucky statement. Um, but nonetheless, right, it might be the psychological cost in keeping somebody in a permanent state of trying to be sad. Right? That would be that would be an odd an odd condition. Uh, so you could say, look, you know, you actually didn't fulfill the mitzvah, but uh, right. I try to argue that you know that's like right? The purpose of morning rituals is to create the social impression of sadness, even when you're not. There's a real value in right in, in right in acknowledging that people's passing should be mourned, whether or not you feel that way, and that maybe after you fulfill the mitzvah uh, mm-hmm. by by doing it by doing it. I, now that's maybe part of my general contrarian thing that I, uh, right, that I like I like saying things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. Um, but and right, the the the, the counterattack on on Kim and Shabbos is just internally inconsistent because the Rav claims to argue whole separate conversation in certain moods, right? The Ishalacha part of the Rav argues that halacha shouldn't be based on reasons. Right? Again, right? This is our, this is our positive. They're taking as given that you know this is obviously this is just sneaking it in by the back door. Right to say, all right, the key of the mitzvah of Elos is the sadness. No, the purpose, right? That how is that different than the purpose of the right? What mitzvah have internal cumin that aren't purposes also? No, do mm-hmm. okay, good. We got that conversation. Uh, I, I not my chiddush, but I think uh, I think Ray Horowitz actually what was one of first talked to the first the point of that to me, um, many years ago. Uh, but I, th- I okay, I, th- I think I think it's cheating. We can have the conversation. Um, maybe there's a value to sneaking in about that door because I, I also think that we don't hold loaders. I think we hold Darshan and Tom and everyone always has. So that's a separate thing. Uh, that's a separate thing. Um, okay, so yeah. No, I argued. He says like Kaz. And that by and the the the, the gra by putting them together is equating them. And I said, but it's it's an, it's not an equation because by kas it's easy to say why it's a midah because right it's right what what's different about kas is that there's an experience of anger. Right there's a there's a, right there's a there's right and what we're saying when we say that kas is a midah we mean is you shouldn't have the experience of anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, emotional experience. Yeah. 
So, so now we have to talk about what a midah is, right? Right. So you could argue that no, actually he's right, and that we don't that, and that while I have a difference between midah between anger and lashon hara, it's not a relevant thing. We're really talking about as a characteristic, right? Really, what's what's prohibited is being an angry, not having the experience of anger, but being a person prone to anger, or be being an angry person. So the problem is of being, right? So we could translate the approach as being a gossip, right? Being a tattler, being the kind of person who was prone to gossip. But we could try and make the argument that way. And then we have something resembling um, something resembling um, any um, an equation. But right, these are really, it's really, it's a, it's an interesting category. Explain. Um, I know uh, my others perceive you. I mean, if you spend your entire time restraining anger, but you're still an angry person, that's bad. You're not a good person. Uh, uh, so I think the Rambam clearly believes, and most most, most you know, people in tradition I think believe that you have a great deal of control over your character, not just about the expression. And the question is how much and where, but that you can make yourself a less angry person, and that it's a choice. It's not a choice. You might you start from different points, and so you get different rates. So it might be easier for some people to get to equanimity whereas other right and other people have a hard time they never get there they may just get to less angry than they were but that you have some choice about that's Hilkos Deus and Rambam it's not, right, it's not just about expression it's about shaping character okay give them the keys and tell them tell them oh she has her card okay so we'll go get fine okay so, um, right, so the Rambam has Hilchos Deus, which seems to conflate these categories, which I think Ray Weiss acknowledges uh, in some in in some point um, that there you know, that there is a, a point to to having virtue as opposed to as opposed to just expressing virtue. Um, this is related, perhaps, to the question of whether you get more Sahara for having a Yisahara and controlling it, or for not having it, right, or whether the goal is to eliminate your Yisahara, which is you know a controversy. In Judaism, as I imagine, it is in almost every other tradition. Um, and the, the case I like to think about in this regard, um, which is from my friend uh, Rav Yaakov Nagan, uh, who taught me, first, I first got into reading T.H. Um, White's uh, The Once and Future King. So he presents Lancelot as the, Lancelot is the, uh, knows, is the best of all men because he knows himself as the worst of all men. Uh, and Lancelot is right because once he her is unleashed, right? The whole world is destroyed. But, but it's, all right, right. So we can have the whole. We can have the whole debate about, uh, about, about that as well. Okay. So, right. So we're. But my wife is. My wife is trying to argue. Right. He's trying to argue. This. This. It's a meaningful question. Saying that you shouldn't have this midah is different than saying that you shouldn't act in certain defined ways. It's not the nafkamina could be that different things are or or usher. Or that it could be the categories mutter and usser are the wrong categories. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to 
Shoei White Price says, he's trying to say this is a Midara, and it's opposed to Midara as opposed to, as, right, to an Isur. So saying that something is Midara is not the same thing as saying it's an Isur. So, right, so the question is, so what does that mean? Right? Yeah, well, I don't know, is it Havim? That's what he's saying. Well, let's see. <laughs> okay, so he says, I'm not. Right, so it seems like there are halachic statements about uh, about characteristics. So we could then try and, of course, say that all those are not actually about the characteristics, about the expression of the characteristics. Right, that it's not us actually usher to be a blowhard; it's usher to act as if you are a blowhard. Right, that's like right, usher legaserua. Um, or we could say that no, he really holds that it's usher to have certain character traits. But you're know, on us until you fix them. All right. Okay. All right. That he believes that you know, you can't you turn your character traits over overnight, which is a whole you know, the the existence of radical truva moments, right? Yesh um, seem right seem to suggest that people can in fact uh, you know, transform their character. But you can claim no. That's the point of that is that people can overcome their nature with specific moments, but just like you know, by as Yashir, right? That you know, everyone can believe in God for a moment, but five, it's not going to last five minutes later. So by the same token, right? Then right, you can you can acquire Lama Bab by the by overcoming your nature in a moment. But we understand what you're doing is overcoming your nature, not transforming. And transforming your nature takes a long time. And so it, you're not over to claim that you're over in a day and liable for it every moment. Is that you're arrogant and you're supernaturally arrogant, and you're going to take your time to learn something resembling humility, uh, not just faking. Um, right, so that would be a, a difficult claim. Okay, he says, right, even though Chazal used the language, right, and, he's, and for now we're taking that language seriously, right, so we're not saying language of, right, what's the biblical proof text for this? Um, okay, but Vinyana Gavav Asanifa, the Torah, the Lord is called Tariyak Mitzotim. So this is a new move, right? That the inyan, whatever the inyan is, I don't know what the inyan is, um, right? So there, um, something, some aspect of them, some essence of them, is not included in the six hundred thirteen mitzvot. So, what does that mean? This means that, uh, you know, just like there's a fifth hand of the book of Torah, there's a sixth book of Torah, which has right, which has a list of all the things that didn't make the six hundred thirteen. There's a really odd category, right? What does it mean, bloody voluntary mitzvot? How do you understand? Okay, so that's a that's right. There's a very strong temptation, yeah. which may or not be it's or I don't know. Uh, to assume that there are things that are not part of the legal structure, so then they must in some way be prior to the legal structure, right? That, right everything. Sorry, legal. Rabbi Klapa, could you repeat this suggestion? I couldn't hear what. So what he said is, right. So what Jacob said is that um, the thank you for you for being the reminder that way. Sorry, <laughs> um, the. Um, they said is that the midot are things that are likely to cause you to violate various isur. Right, so we say they're not part of the tarig mitzvot. It doesn't mean that they are 
in addition to the, to the Tariyag Mitzvot. And it doesn't mean there are different axes than Tariyag Mitzvot. It means that they're prior in some kind, right, in some kind of perhaps pyramidal structure. Okay, so that's a possibility. Um, and I, I guess I already gave you the, 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 um, the, the, the uh, geometric metaphors, right? <laughs> if you have different axes, you take different things entirely. You could, um, right? Uh, you could have claims they fit between the interstices, right? So they're they're like the the uh, the Rambans, you know, the Rambans, the things you can't legislate precisely. Right, so they're the they're the Asita Yashar of the Atovs and Kedoshim Tews, right? Kedoshim Tews of the world, right? So you can you can think of all of the all the geometric metaphors you want, uh, right? But one understands the temptation for, where, for what Jacob is saying, which may be a fine temptation, that in essence means that if we, I'm make, I am engaged in the temptation myself, which is I am identifying Taryag Mitzvot with Halakha, uh, right? So, right? And then having identified Taryag Mitzvot with Halakha in the legal structure, right? So then I'm claiming that Jacob is, is, is tempted to say that everything ultimately has to fit into that. And now we, right? It's a much bigger Kiddush to say that Tarag Mitzvot includes everything, and yet these things are beyond it. Sure. Right, that would be yeah. even, right, so, so each of us is in some way uh, trying to do, um, trying to contain the radicalness of Rabbi Weiss's claim that there are things that are right and wrong, but not in the Tarag Mitzvot. Um, okay, so what is that way? So he says, although it seems to him at this point, you can't prove it from the Okay, so we can take the force of the graph out by saying that he's not comparing, he's not saying that Lashon is exclusively in any more that, as we point out, he might not be saying that kas is exclusively midah either. Right? Kas is a bad midah, and sometimes expressing anger is a wrong. And by the same token, uh, by the same token, um, the Lashon um, right, is the wrong thing to do, but it also, um, it also reflects certain kinds of character flaws, and you shouldn't have those character flaws. What else are you going to do? Okay. However, we get to a uh, wild sugit in Bokhanon. Uh, Rebbe and Bar Kapara. So Rebbe and Bar Kapara always have these dialogues that are wild and we don't really know what's going on. Uh, right? the, the more famous one is the one about Soiva uh, and Soetaba and things like that. We don't know what that is. Really hard to figure out what's going on. Uh, they, have a, they have a fraught relationship, I guess I would say. And it's very hard. To, and I don't want to take, make any guarantees about it. But here we have this story where Rebbe and Bar Kapara are sitting and learning and they have a difficulty. And uh, sorry, Shimber. And Barakapara says this requires, and Rebbe says this requires Rebbe, and Rebbe is ambiguous. But it's a problem when you have a name that is also a title. Right? Does it mean this? Does, it, does he mean this? I really need my father for this. Really, my father would know this, or does he just mean, wow, you know, like this is beyond us. We need a teacher. And so the uh, at least this, this, this is the way Rebbe Weiss is going to ask these kinds of questions. And Roshim Rebbe understands this to mean, again, we can debate whether the Shat Musugi is or not, understands this to mean, why? What would your father have to say about this at all? Right. Why would you expect your father to have anything to contribute? And Roshim Rebbe goes and tells this to his father. 
who gets mad, which happens on frequently. Um, uh, you before, but how do you know how do you know who he is, right? Okay, great. Sorry that you were hurt, right? All those sorts of, all sorts of things like that. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm no Gavin Navar in this, and the other way, so we're going to leave that out for now. Um, so Rashi says that there's no actual sin which Bartokora needs to atone since his intentions were good. Okay, now that language should already be, right, should already be raising echoes for us of what Roy Weiss said. Uh, I'm sorry, what Rosh Bahana Wasserman said, right, but there's no, right, there's nothing wrong because you didn't intend it to be wrong, even though something bad happened. Right, Rebbe got insulted. Mm -hmm. okay. I have a question. Yes, yes go ahead, Abby. Um, I was. I found the usage of the word himshich a bit strange. What is he continuing to do? Rav Asher Weiss says, "Oh, what? What does that mean?" He's talking. Let me see if you two moments. You're speaking innocent. Oh, that's a sin. Okay, got it. Yeah, right. It's an idiom to talk about when you when you ask people about halachi question. Right? Yes, invalid witnesses halachi question. So if they know what the stakes are, that they're not mesiach with fitumam, and if they don't know what the stakes are, they're innocent. They're mesiach with fitumam. Right, time in, time in the sense of, of innocence. Um, okay. Um, right. Even though Shahara is a serious transgression, right? Avira literally translate right, is a transgression, but we don't know what that means, right? Yes, Tani. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay, so sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, right? You know, I have fun like listing all the all the terms for essence that people people string together when they're trying to say something and it's not at all clear that they're succeeding in doing so. There's a grizz that exercise me in my youth, which is like strange to write like seven different terms. Right? The assoed etsem the assoed etsem mamish getter of the right of the Indian, like you know. Um, you, know sometimes, you know, but it means like I really know I, there really is a difference here. It's hard for me to figure out what. It, Hard for me to express what it is, uh, right? So the Yisod Gidro, the foundation of its of, of its boundariness of its definition, is in the Torah Okay, so there can be a, right, that's very Jacob language, right? It's Avera Hamura, but it's Yisod is in the Torah Right, the Torah, <laughs> the Torah, right? They say he's a he's a, uh, a Jacobin. Uh, <laughs> and, um, okay. Um, 
‫ביסוד החסר, תוסס המידות, ‫בשר קבלה הזאת. There is no such thing as an Avera Bishoge about the Midot. Okay, this is a version. I don't think he quotes this here. There's a, a famous claim that um, there's, no, there's, no, there's no violation of an Avera Drabanan Bishoge because yes, the violation of Avera Drabanan is, is the intent of merit, of disobedience. And if you're right, if it's accidental, it's not right, it's not disobedience, and therefore you don't require a kapara for a drabanan. That's all my focus up running. Um, so um, the question here is right. It's, so he explains there's a category in the category of mitzvot. So um, in, ac in accident cannot be actually be an avera at all. The same way Ray Wasserman claimed that if it's a toilet, it's not right. It's, it's not defined as an iser. So he claims that if it's in front of mitzvot, right, if it doesn't have negative kavana, it's not an iser. Now we could try and finesse that by claiming that carelessness is itself a right is itself a violation. So unless it's, it's unless it's really uh, onus, right? Shogeg by itself should be punishable in the same way that shogeg about uh, about other Eastern is punishable because there's a degree of negligence involved, um, right? But he's working on the assumption that what makes shogeg, what makes you require kapara for shogeg is not your carelessness. It's your, right? It's the fact that the action itself is wrong. And then you, you ask me, so why is it that, why is it that um, ones is a um, exclusive? And the answer is, right, lambdashly that Onus disconnects you from the action. The action is still wrong, but you're not the one who committed it. All right, that's the the fundamental. That's right. That's fundamental hakira uh, in that world. Okay, I could do it if you wanted. I could do it. Let's make sure I could get you another way to do it. Also, it's fine. But two other ways to do it. That's the easiest way of doing it. Uh, I think. Have you just said that you look that you look that you that your eyes lit up yesterday when I went into a, a sort of gush here? <laughs> Sorry, we can throw that in. We can throw that in, right? Okay, fine. Thank you. We can right, we can throw it in. We record that. Um, okay. And uh, I guess I could, I could, it could be unfortunate for you, but I could scroll long enough not to get to the part about it, which you really want to yell because you really want to yell at me about the um, about the emotion thing, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> all those sorts of stuff. Uh, which is the classic case of choosing Kayesha over Kayola. That's when you dive in there, you dive in too long, and therefore you don't learn. Um, things they don't teach you necessarily. Hence, we should share Okay. So. Um, Right, so he says that when when the yisod hachet, right, when the foundation of the thing, uh, and we can argue later about whether that means the kiyam or the uh, right or or the uh, town, uh, is in right is in is in right. So then, so then we follow kavana in deciding whether this action is defined as a violation or not. Um, okay, right. He connects this to. The position of, of the Ramban specifically that I don't know, which we could then decide about the book. Although as unique, we're trying to tie it back. Um, because he's gonna tie it back to um right to Bushnara. After so it's fine built of Bushnara called Bayan the Bear Mayan Bayan Kasab with Moa, the Masha Kasaf or Ramaphar Zaimi Day of the Afa Misafir Lushan Hara Bali Kavan Hazi with scope and callous roach. So the Fine says, all right, how can the Ram how can the Ram um uh, say this and 
so he understands he understands um, that what Rashi means by lava date doesn't mean without the front of Isaac. Excuse me, you're just totally unconscious of this. Of what's happening, that's why Barkapara did it not. The reason, um, Barkapara did it, well, but is not, uh, which is Barkapara's excuse why he said this, right? Um, isn't I, I wasn't thinking about how Rebbe would take it, it just means I wasn't thinking at all. And if you're not thinking at all, so then it's not really so good. I get it. Um, is that the same way as uh, yeah, I mean, I was making a distinction, I think he is. Okay, let's read, let's read it and see if we can get it precise. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing. This was kind of fine, right? To be astonished. It was the Rama Ruth, the Rama Ruth, that even Lashahara without intent to damage, just Rama says, out of lightness, is right, out of lightness and, you know, and jokingness, is still a violation. So the problem is, Barkapara explains in our studio, Lava Date, that's why that's why it happened. So the Chavitayim, I think, reconciles Rashi and the Rama by saying, that would be wrong, right? That would still be a real issue the way the realm is. But if he's just not thinking, right, that's not a violation at all. Okay, whatever that means. Sure, sure. Uh, Fred, what? How should we say that Barkapara wasn't thinking? Barkapara, Barkapara, right? Barkapara, right? Or is it the other way around? Hang on. It says, right, how can we say? What he means is, Rashi thinks it was an accident, not that it was lighthearted. If it was lighthearted, it would still be, if it was lighthearted, it would still be an Avera Bimezi. That's what I might call it. If it was lighthearted, it would still be an Avera Bimezi. But, right, but Rashi says it was just Bishog, it was just Bishog. Uh, he just, he just wasn't thinking. They're going to do Okay, one more try, and then we're going to go on and put it backwards. Okay, so he says, is, he, just said, he just said that it seems to him, Rabbi Weiss, that you can't violate the Estermidos Uh However, however, so the Kayan said that the Ram thinks you can violate, you can violate without Kavana Lahazik, without Lahazik, and that would seem to undermine it because his Rabbi Weiss just said. That anything in Torah Midot, you can't violate. Uh, accident, you can't violate unless you intend to. Uh, yeah, the Chodesh Chaim, right? Um, quotes the um, quotes the Rambam as saying that you that you can without intention to damage, and therefore the the Chodesh Chaim goes to the point of claiming that when Rashi said that Barakapara said I didn't mean it, what Barakapara actually meant was I wasn't thinking about it, and therefore the so therefore it comes out according to the Chodesh Chaim. That there is such a thing as violation of because that's what Barkapara did according to Rashi. Like Barkapara said something negative about Rebbe without thinking, that's a violation of Bishogi. He violated Bishogi. Barkapara's excuse was, I only did it Bishogi. Right? So Chaim says, hang on, this, right? But Lada Date usually means I was joking. And so Chaim says, why would it be an excuse and say it's not Bishogi if you're joking according to Rambam? It's amazing. So therefore, what the Chavis Chaim says is when Rashi meant by Lava Datoy is not I was joking, but it meant that's not what I meant. What it means is I wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking, it violated the Peshogi. 
But that means that Ravais is wrong. Because Ravais Chaim understands Rashi. That would be the first one. Okay, so he hasn't he hasn't, he hasn't, been, he hasn't said he hasn't said it's your fault. Yeah, so well so if no, because I do want to say is look, what if I said something, it hurt me. All right, I didn't intend to hurt you. So that's a classic case of <laughs> right, I right, I right, I chopped my wood. I didn't expect the axe handle to fly off. Right, to fly off and hit you. Right, but the, I think two ways you can do it, which may or may not be true. One is that you didn't intend to hurt them. You chopped your wood. You still feel in a position where you're more likely to hurt somebody because you're still. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is that you saw them. You were aware that you just lost. Okay, so if we were doing Hilfus Nazikin, right, so we usually would say, right, we have categories. There is Mazid, there is Shogig Karavla Mazid, or Chia, right, which, right, there's real Shogig, and then there's Anus. And then Anus, there's Anus, there's Anus Gomor. Right, so what you're telling me is yes, yes, all those categories can be applied to speech as well. Uh, and it's the Chavis Chaim doesn't take those approaches, right? He, right, at least Rabbi Weiss understands the Chavis Chaim to, I guess, the Chavis Chaim is trying to read the story in such a way that Barakapara still did something wrong, and that's why he puts himself in Barim, but not so wrong that he becomes a bad person. And so, right, so he's trying to come up with a reading of the narrative. In which there's some degree of guilt, but not an overwhelming degree of guilt, and a solution is it must be like Shogun. Yes, that's how very Weiss read it. But Chaim didn't read it that way, um, right? And Rabbi Weiss says, "I don't like the Chavis Chaim's reading because it makes Barakapara still not a good enough person, right? To claim, right? To claim that he's not thinking about, right? That he could do things like that even by accident, and with the kind of accident that still bears some kind of." Weiss is going to read it in some way, right? Your way, right? Do anything. I think that's fundamentally the difference between Ray Weiss's reading and the Chavis Chaim's reading. But what he asked, what Ray Weiss has to acknowledge, is that in the Chavis Chaim's reading, Barakapara violates the prohibition, uh, right? Whatever the prohibition is of speech there, accidentally, and Ray Weiss claims that anything which is at its core a character flaw is not right, cannot be violated accidentally. So even if you disagree, right? So you can disagree with the Chavis Chaim's. Reading of the story, but you still have to acknowledge that what Chaim disagrees with you fundamentally. Either he thinks that these are not character mm-hmm. character based, or he thinks that you can violate character based provisions. The show you. Mm-hmm. I think it's you know chicken and egg or thing. It? it could be that he doesn't care about the Midot issue, and that's right. He does care about making Barakapara not commit what he sees as such an egregious you know, failure of responsibility. 
and he's not bothered by the Revelations thing. So he thinks, of course, you can violate this. Okay. Uh, we don't know. Okay. So you're really like you're, you're above Shogate. You're, you're actively negligent if you say something that uh, damaging just because you're trying to make light of it. That might be the whole point. You know, that might be the central issue. So obviously, he says, if you're a Pushe, you embody your faith because the things themselves are an action of Lashon Hara. If you say something that is objectively uh, in a light mood, so that is also a prohibition. Maybe it's not the same prohibition, but it's also a prohibition. If you say that it isn't, right, so the Ramam's talking about it. Right? When you say something ugly, right, you're just laughing about it, right? I say something nasty to somebody, but I'm trying to say it as a joke. Okay, you're trying to say this joke, it's still nasty. But um, but here we're talking about something that is that um, has a double entendre that you didn't intend. Right? So there's nothing intrinsically ugly about your intents. About the, the meaning of the words is not objectively ugly, right? I said, right, my I meant teacher, and you said right, you thought it meant your father. In that case, right, um, You have to weigh the purpose. Is the purpose worth it or not? This is also a chidr. Reversal Schechter has a brilliant uh, young article, an article from his youth, where he, where he shows that the you could argue that there are formal principles of precedence among law, and then there are informal decisions to make among laws and that those are totally distinguishable. Um, Roshefter has a really, really brilliant article in which he argues that uh, actually they're all the same and that the, the, the formal principles uh, and a uh, right of choosing, like you'd say, say is docha lota say, but say is not docha and say and a lota say, right? All those principles are actually also expressions of values. Um, right, so you can decide if, if, you, if you agree with that or not. Ray Weiss, I think it's taking the same the same principles are shafty here, and if you don't think it's compelling, you can go back and find the shafty article. It's like, I don't know, 40 years ago or something. Uh, really, I haven't read it many, many years, but it was uh, when I when I, uh, when I read it, I was, I was, I still know, that was, that was a great article. Um, okay. Um, about, right, right, so generally, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about these, um, these sorts of issues, we have to engage in uh, a story, in a story, Torah, 
Uh, I mean, I'm using technical language here, right? Where which many will recognize of the Chuyah versus Hitra. Right? The Chuyah means both, both values still exist, both laws still exist, mm -hmm. but you have to choose among them, even though they both still exist. And Hitra means that, right, that the other law doesn't exist at all, right? It's not a decision to talk about those laws. So I'm going to move towards Rewasu. It says that um, when it comes to Lashon Tara, we're not talking about pushing aside. Has this very difficult balance. So the Chaim says that even after you've engaged in determining that it's worth it. It's still forbidden if you have in, if, you, if you have the intent to damage your friend. You can say, right, this is my chance to act out my yitzhar. I've always wanted to say damaging gossip about Fred. But that, right, I always wanted to tell, but now, now finally, if I say the damaging gossip about Fred, I will be saving somebody's life. Um, so the Chavis Chaim says, it's still usher. Now I want to argue, and, um, and this is the same thing that the Siv says about Verul that there are things that what it really does is perhaps is it transforms it from hutra to Bukuya. Right now that I know that that I have the wrong intent, so now I can't just say this is Lashonara, but I might still have to say the Lashonara. Right? It seems to be absurd to say that uh, look, uh, tremendous damage is going to hurt is going is going to occur to Jill if I don't tell this Lashonara about Fred. But sorry, I can't do it because it's bad for my soul. No, right? You know that's your responsibility, but just. Be aware that because you have that just because it's still usher, but now it's usher the same way that your son is, things are deployed. You have to choose. You have to choose. You have to make a choice. It's your fault. You have to make a choice. Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. So, so let's get there and we'll see, right? We'll see if he's consistent or not. Um, okay. The first time says also, right, if you say like about somebody but you have the same sin, right, that also is not mutter. Why do we care about Russia? Why do we care about your, your nature? That is the purpose. Uh, makes it the fact that your character, right, your character, your intent can affect the objective nature of the act is enough to prove that these are not ordinary. So now at this point, right, what he's done is he's undone spectacularly the Ray Wasserman. The Ray Wasserman said in the end. All are judged entirely. Now we notice he conflated intent and, mm -hmm. and right, in, intent and, and outcome. But it sounds like a Western in the end said that all we're pretty comfortable saying are defined by their outcome. Right? And the only question is right? Did you right, is right if you had an intent one way and the outcome came the other way, it's not even in the same universe as everything else, right? In terms of right, whether you're responsible for the outcome. Uh, but fundamentally, Ray Western argued that all Mesobadan Khaviro. You, well, right? you don't violate them 
if you, you don't violate them if you um, you don't violate them if you uh, if right, if you didn't intend to do something uh, to do something um, negative. Um, and Aravasa comes along and says, within the there are two kinds of Isurim. There are Isurim that are defined exclusively by their consequence, and those are what we will call, for lack of a better term, real Isurim. And then there are Mido thingamajigs, which aren't part of the Tariyaki Bisvot, but which do have, uh, right, because again, we're, we're, we're Jacobins, right, which do have uh, consequences in the, right, in the matrix of the Yugilomid, of, of the Tariyaki Bisvot. Um, and those things, actually, right? Those those things are not defined by um, by their consequences. They're fundamentally defined by their by their intent and by their effects or right, on your character or the way in which they reflect your character. Okay, so now we have three kinds of flaws, right? We have things, right? We have three kinds of um, three kinds of ways in which God's expression is reified. Right. We have the things which you're not supposed to do because they're things you're not supposed to do. Then the things you're not supposed to do because they have consequences, you're not supposed to reach. Then the things that you're not supposed to do because they either reflect or cause bad things to happen within you. Okay, now we could, if we were being very fancy, right, we could say, ah, so we have deontological, consequentialist, and virtue ethics. Right, we could 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 do it that way. And, and halacha is pluralistic, right? And this is Brody has a marvelous article about this. Lavashalom, a marvelous article about the pluralistic ethics, pluralistic uh, you know basis of halachic ethics, which he argues exactly that halacha doesn't make his mind up about whether we're deontologists or, or virtue ethicists or consequentialists, right? We have a mix. We have a, we have a mix of all kinds of ethics, um, mm-hmm. right? So that's the way to take all the fun out of this. Although I, I think Dr. Brody's article is, is also just as superb. Uh, superb article as part of the marvelous collection called Seeking Issue, uh, which I have, um, I have enormous gratitude to him because I started reading it when my mother was diagnosed uh, with, uh, you know, with cancer and, and I was totally depressed and I and wrote one game just as a great book. <laughs> this is a great book. I carried around with me uh, for a long time. Uh, the first book made me happy that way. McIntyre, that's a great book. Um, I think it's great. Is it ontological or deontological? Deontological is, but it doesn't matter, right? Well, it's just wrong, right? Mm-hmm. There's not, you can't reduce the wrongness to anything else. Okay. It's just wrong. Um, okay. Um, okay, right, so now we have, we have, now we have um, three kinds of things that exist in the realm of halacha. Um, and we can talk about the way in which each of them is, is law. And even if you find the word law no longer useful in this conversation, because it's, how it, you know, it just becomes a, a black box, right? Because you already think of all of the as laws, so anything circular. Uh, we can ask ourselves, within the realm of halakha, so Rabbi Weiss gives you, conse- gives you, and Rabbi Wasserman give you consequences in terms of the outcome, right? Is there, there's, a, there's a given that we already have a law, we already have halacha, and now we're just trying to figure out what it is. And so we're asking, is it right? If I did this, did I violate an Easter or not? The question that we ask is, right, should I make this a violation of halacha? Should I make this a violation of halacha or not? Will I poskin things differently, uh, right, because of that? Will I make the, the kind of choices that we have to make where we made doka, 
uh, right? Well, I make them differently if I think of something um, that way, in the same way that how you pass me help is It's going to matter a great deal whether you think that it met, really meant that the whole purpose of it is just to get somebody to have an experience, right? That's going to lead to one kind of thought. Or if you think that, no, the whole purpose is for somebody, it's for everybody, the ideal purpose is for everybody to act exactly the same way, regardless of their experience. Right? That will be radically different ways of understanding understanding halacha. So how we understand, um, how we understand all these Vobedam Lachavero, whether we think that they're, that really they're just like every other aspect of halacha, you have to find out what you can't, what you can't do and then not do it. Are they a special category of things where really you're just supposed to be thinking about is this good, is this good for the human race? Is this bad for the human race? Or are there different kinds, some in which I'm right, some of which I'm supposed to think, well, this is just wrong, some of which I'm supposed to think, uh, right, and those will be the ones perhaps that we say also involve a violation of Adam Lamarcom, right? Some of which we say are just consequentialists, right? And I just have to think about it. What Matt, we I care what's the what are the consequences that I evaluate, right? By the first shell, you know that right? whether this action is wrong or not is totally a function of what it will lead to. And what it will lead to externally on other people, right? Not or real consequences in the real world, right? As opposed to a virtual ethicist who thinks what matters is example, right? Can I say, can I, can I tell you that uh, that Fred is a that Fred uh, has abused his previous three wives before you marry him? Right now, the consequence of that is that he won't get to abuse you. So it's not Lashonara. But I said Lashonara, right? So you can say, okay, it's not Lashonara. It's designed to protect somebody from abuse. You could say, it is Lashonara. You're saying negative things about somebody they wouldn't know. Or you can say, well, it really depends. If you're right, if you have a, if you have a grudge against Fred because one of the previous wives of yours was your sister and you haven't gotten over that subjective thing, then it is Lashonara. Or if you yourself are an abuser, well, that's where we also have like the questions of like Kavana versus Africa, right? Of like in this case, by if I say it partially because I don't like Fred, but like the outcome of this of this kind of statement is that I'm going to prevent somebody from entering an abusive relationship. Like, is it still Lashon Hara because I happen to also not like Fred, or is it like in general, this is not kind of Lashon Hara if it's like okay, I still was intending to save you from being in an abusive relationship. With right, so that's the Machlokas between Rebbe Lachanan and, and Rebbe Weiss. Rebbe Lachanan says, it's just not Lashonara. And Rebbe Weiss says, no, it is Lashonara. The only thing I'm pointing out is just because it's Lashonara doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Right, it might be there sometimes you have to say Lashonara in the same way you have to violate, right? Well, debate whether Shabbos is a switch or not, right? In the same way that sometimes, well, it's not, Um, Okay, so I was trying to avoid saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because there's no way to avoid my saying it six times a summer. Um, so there are no rules in halacha about choosing between and There are no rules in halacha about decide right, which tells you how do I choose between right? My parents tell my parents tell me accidentally right to eat a piece of pork. Right, so I'm going to humiliate my parents if I don't eat it. Right, right, I'm going to eat it right if I don't if I don't eat it because my mother doesn't know it's pork. Right, right. Almost every situation, right? Halakha has rules for choosing among benedam lamakoms. It may or may not have rules for choosing among benedam lachaveros. There are no rules in halakha for choosing between benedam lachaveros and benedam lamakoms. And so that, take it most radically, right? So the um, the nitziv says, right? The nitziv says alkena moshlim bo cheshbon. So the um, so the uh, various achronim uh, say I forget what the original 
earliest sources. I think there is a Rishon who says, but I no longer remember it. Kenan Mashlim Bala Cheshbon. So the Amos Rabbi Khan says, what is the Cheshbon that the Mashlim are supposed to come to? So Mashlim Elo Ha Mashlim Yisram, right? Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we use the parables. It means those people who have self-control. And Cheshbono is Cheshbono Shalom, as they're doing the, the ultimate compilation. So worth it or is not worth it. So pedagogically, right, the way we generally teach you um, in elementary school is when you, right, the reason you're supposed to be mechashev, have a mishkat, mechashev, mitzvah, and again, have say done by a person, because eventually you realize, oh, look, mitzvah, big, big reward. What could possibly be worth, right, be, right, be worth not doing a mitzvah? Of course you do the mitzvah. Avera, right? Boiling excrement, whatever you want, whatever your vision of whatever your vision of Ganem is. So you never do the Avera. The Nisiv says one pasuk, Eloha Moshlim Yisram. So why would if you're Moshel Yisracha, why would you possibly need to do this calculation? So the Nisiv says it must mean that even people who have complete control of the Yisra still have to think about consequences. And sometimes there are things that are formally defined as. Um, as uh, mitzvot are nonetheless the wrong thing to do. And sometimes things that are formally defined as Averot are nonetheless the right thing to do. But then he says, first of all, you can get this really, really wrong. So just be aware that the odds are you're going to end up again if you try this because the because formal halacha is a very good guideline generally as to what to do and what not to do. Uh, and secondly, he says that even if it's the right thing to do objectively, it might be that you will still get punished because you can only do this for the right reason. The law is a shield. The law allows you to do things, uh, to do things even with the wrong kavana. When you act illegally, the law is no longer serving as your shield. You should do it, but he's right. But he says it's you generally get it wrong, right? He so he's, his example of the thing that is really wrong is B'nai Israel excreting to worship to Baal So they thought they were doing it right. They knew that you're not allowed to worship uh, to worship an idol in the way which is normally right. In, in rabbinic literature, Baal is an idol that is worshipped by, right, by excreting. But they thought that even though that's true, it was still obvious they were mocking it. How could anybody think they were actually worshipping Baal <laughs> But they were wrong. It was still in it, right? That was not, that did not make it worthwhile. And so they all get terribly punished because, even though they were in fact in, Intending to do this lishma, uh, but his, his great example about when you get punished for your intent is that Yaakov did the right thing in disguising himself in front of Esau, in front of Yaakov to take it to take Esau's bracha, but Yaakov enjoyed it, and because Yaakov enjoyed it, he gets punished even though it was the right thing to do. Right. So he has a claim, right? The Yitzakitzav Sakhagdolai cries out this great bitter cry. And that's right, that Yaakov, there's something in Yaakov that wanted that to happen. That's his claim. You can decide with his chutman. Right? So, yeah. so my argument is that the Nisim says that of Berlishma, and I think this goes back to the article of Shafter I quoted earlier, um, right? That what it's really, what a Berlishma is, but I'm not going to blame Roshafter on the specific, formula, the specific formulation of Shafter. A Berlishma is just a place where the calculations have not been concretized into law. Right. Once the calculation, once the calculations are concretized into law, and I can say no, when you when you have a choice between Shabbos and and right Shabbos and Pikuach Nefesh, you're supposed to do Pikuach Nefesh. Now your kavana is irrelevant because the law told you. Right now I'm doing the legally right thing to do, but if you're dealing with areas which haven't been made into law, 
So now your kavana fails to operate as a shield. So now, <laughs> We've seen the movies. We've seen the movies. Um, so this isn't just the sunset of story. This is confirmed. So, um, so finally, the bus was in some kind of a bump, and um, instead of blocking him from having trips and um, and and he smashed up on so hard five minutes Right. I think that's exactly right. I think although there's not even intent there, right? It's just that there's certain times you have to take the consequences. Even the right choice or the right intent, right? It's even more radical than the two. That sometimes you get punished. Right. I, so I argue that you know that perhaps what you have to do is you have to be willing to you have to legitimate the system's punishment for you. The system can then choose not to administer it. But you have to be aware that that right that you're in legal that you're in for lack of a better term, legitimate legal jeopardy. Uh, so I argued this in in uh, I, I, I argued this this you know, I argued this about um, about torture. Um, my focus with Alan Dershowitz, but we never actually talked about this directly. But Professor Dershowitz argued that the way to resolve they were, they were talking about the Heidi 9/11 issue, right? Professor Dershowitz argued that the way to resolve the problem of torture is to require torture warrants. Uh, right, there should be a special court that you, know, you have to apply to for a warrant, and then you can only torture if you have a warrant. That way, torture will only happen when it's absolutely necessary. And I argued, <laughs> right, and I well, we'll leave that second, right? That was his argument, and I argued that no, right, we have to do is we have to do is leave is leave torture illegal because people will understand that sometimes it's necessary if it's absolutely really necessary. But they should no, nobody should ever engage in torture without realizing that the law's attitude towards it, unless they turned out retrospectively to save the world from nuclear holocaust. Is going to be that you committed an illegal tort, right? That right, that right. It's, it's a right, the whole the law has to be that it's right that the that you have to acknowledge the legitimacy of the punishment against it. There shouldn't be any claim that you did it, that you had a legal way out. Right? Those are two very different. Right, that I was taking. I was modeling a very lishma, um, and Professor Dershowitz was arguing that you know, that the law has to be able to right. The law has to reach everywhere, right? You know, office, I guess, so to speak, on these kinds <laughs> of issues, and you can have uh, any case. So all these are really. Uh, right. 
it's interesting, like Lashon sometimes like seems as this you know backwater of halacha in some ways, right? But it's really it's really like you know all the central issues perhaps. Uh, well, right, who says that? Uh, who says we say so? If you think it's if according to Ravasher, according to the Chavis Chaim and Ravasher Weiss, if you do Lashon Hara with bad intentions, even if they're only part of your intentions, right, you still violated the issue. Right. Right. So that's there. There, there you are. It feels weirdly kind of related to the Irot Moshe about our whole thing with like his concerns when it comes to the teacher forcing students to. Yeah, we'll them. get there. That we'll is, get there. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like with the with the torture thing, right? It's like if I if I say that there are actually permissive cases, then it's like okay, even if actually in this individual case, maybe if you were looking from from a utilitarian perspective, there'd be more good like achievement mm-hmm. than bad. Like if we say, oh, actually sometimes torture is fine. The concern is that people are like, well, in general, torture is fine, and you end up causing like a lot more good by like normalizing that prohibition. Absolutely. All right, that's uh, that's where you and I are, we, we're supposed to start screaming at each other. We did the revolution, <laughs> uh, but your your reading of revolution is, is the way I will read it. Um, uh, I think at least part of the way of reading. It. Uh, okay, great. So okay, so we have these right. So we have um, right fundamental right fundamental categories which we you know you can set up as a machloket right. You can say that right that the Rebbe says that all the Dalma Chaveros are mutual to Elit. Um, and the Chavetz Chaim's and the Chavetz Chaim is understood by Ray Weiss says no, they're only dechuya l'toelitz, but they're uh, but right and they're, they're but um, and they're hutra they're hutra l'kavana tovah, and right where uh, you can come with all sorts of intermediate positions along that um, along that spectrum, um, and the issue that that matters to us in the context of this here shir is um, the question of like what that what if we understand these in different ways, will that affect the way in which you pask in the way in which you set up the structure? Um, right? Would a would a even though Rabbi Khanan is the Chavis Chaim's Talmud, would he have written Hilchas Hilchas differently if his perspective was it is really Hutra? Um, right? How will right, if, if Rabbi, Weiss, Rabbi Weiss's introduction of distinctions between those Bedanah Chaviros that are rooted in Midot and those are not? How does that play out? Right? Which because we could argue, right? Every Ben Kaviro, at some point, you could reduce to a virtue, right? The reason that you shouldn't steal is because you shouldn't be greedy, right? The reason that, right? The reason that you shouldn't punch people is that you shouldn't be violent. It's a bad media to be violent. So don't, right? So don't be, right? So we, I, I could make every Ben Kaviro an expression of Torah Midot, and then I've made Rabbi Weiss's position, you know, universal Ben Kaviro's just as I have made, um, right? Made, just Rabbi Wasser made his. So, right, so we can have all this. Okay, let's start, Dalit. Uh, unless there are, there, are there questions on what we've done so far? Okay, thank you, that was fun. Um, okay. Um, so here is my wife. Why don't we have somebody else read? Uh, are you there? Not really. Not really. Uh, okay, Rita, do you want to try? I don't really want to, but you know, it's, 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 all you day. Sorry, can you just point us to the paragraph? I can't hear. Yeah, we're so. the we're, we're in the beginning. We're in the beginning of the. Uh, 
children don't actually have character they're just they're just algorithms and so it's not right we're not worried that it will affect the children's character badly we're worried that it will that, that it will instill in them a wrong decision-making algorithm but i think at least you know a plausible half of me is that we're talking about character i think this concept is either Like that, but they're 
Okay, so I can't blame either. I can't. Rita wants to argue that it's a modern choice, like individuals get to make choices about whether they act for the good of society or whether, right, or whether maybe society can tolerate some people who act for their own, by their own virtues as opposed to others. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, which connects to we tell that, right, the Ramah and the difference between Tafamim and Hasidim. And uh, I like to quote the Ramah himself, thought, right, this is this is the Makor and the Ramah for Avera Lishma, right, whether there are times, right, the Ramah thinks that, like, for example, right, the Ramah thinks that praying out loud if you're in a really high madriga, praying out loud is, is bad for your concentration. But pray, right? You know, true philosophers should pray silently, and verbalization is a distraction. But most people will, right? If you just let them think, they'll think about whatever they want to think about, and they can actually pray that way. So if the greatest people in society, right, were to fulfill the mitzvah in the Akhila way by praying silently, that would be bad because other people would copy them. And therefore, ordinarily, Right, you're right. Ordinarily, even the greatest people have an obligation to follow halacha and pray out loud. But some, right, and that's what the halacha is formulated. Right, you're not, you're not yotze. Right, it's the other. You're not yotze if you pray silently, even though that is an inferior form of prayer. But maybe every once in a while, you can go on a retreat up to a mountain somewhere where no one will see you, and it won't have any negative consequences. If that's what you need for yourself, the development of your soul. Right, so that's another way, the radical way. Which you can frame it, which is part of Ramam believing in the relation of for real. Etiquette, um, right? As I mean, right, those of you who want more research on this, we can talk about it. Uh, right, Rakhine Bolajan claimed that there's no relation as a constant exists only before Matan Torah. Really, really hard to figure because the Gemara says it talks it's talking about Yael. Um, really, really hard to figure out, right? Endless literature about how, how Rakhine Bolajan could say something like this. And the Siv obviously doesn't hold that way exactly, although people have tried to. Reconcile it by saying that it only has cases where it fails after Matan Torah, not cases, not cases where it succeeds, but that's very hard to say. And Sir Wilkinson in his article, Is There an Ethic Independent of Halakha? Um, quotes from Chaim Belogin with great approval. There's no there's no Averlishma after Matan Torah, and then says, But see Rambam Shmonaprakim um Parake, which is a marvelously honest moment in which you know, I of course told footnotes, so I've been, you know, probably should have left it out. Because uh, it's very dangerous, but Rosenstein was you know, fundamentally a man of incredible integrity. He couldn't leave us. He couldn't resist the plan, uh, for which I'm very grateful. Uh, other people would have known that problem. I just that's have not, to. That's not in the no, in the, in the, no, it's not. It's in his commentary on Avot. Avot, which is the introduction. His introduction yeah. to Pirkei Avot. Because I've heard. That was a much, much longer conversation okay, about yeah, what yeah. the Barnabukin is, what the yeah. Yeah. is, where yeah. the yeah. philosophy is dangerous, yeah. right? No, sure. it, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah we're, I could, well, we're, but you won't know. Okay. Friend, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Lots of virtual dangerous. Okay. So, um, right. So, so Roy Weiss um, raises the question. He says he's asked this many times, uh, right? Which is interesting. He's asked this many times because probably most of the people who are asking know the Moshe. Right. So there's something about the Moshe that doesn't satisfy them. But right? is it really true? That's like all the articles that have been written about teachers not being able to confiscate um, things, right? It just doesn't seem to be livable in many people in any teacher's classroom experience. Or then it's true, it's for good or for real. Right? But it's decided about that. The Levi Lokhani says, no, I don't think that. I want to introduce a distinction. It depends on the age and maturity of the, uh, of the students. Now, which way does it go? He says, when the children are young, and they don't have the capacity. So they're right, so they're young, and they don't they haven't fully eaten of the Sadas. Um, right, right. So they right, they don't really understand the distinction between good and evil. So then the English Moshe is right because right because he wants to argue that nuance is lost on the young. All they'll get is that Lashon Hara is mutter. So, right, so this is a you know a uh, an educational philosophy that um, young children need rules. We have to understand. Like, I'm I'm putting a lot into this, right? Young children need rules. You have to understand that they don't see points. Right? Every point you give them, they will take as a rule and not as a nuance rule. So therefore, you have to be very careful, right? You know, even if your point is correct, because it's going to lead to a nuance. Right in, in in your in your realm of nuance, but you don't have that you don't have that um, you don't have that that uh, privilege. Or that's not what I'm looking for. You don't have option. What I'm looking for. Um, ability. Ability. No, I'm, I think it starts with the. Okay, I'm not getting it. Right. Thank you, though. I'm not. There's, some, there's something you don't have the capacity to do uh, in terms of nuance. Um, you don't have the space for nuance. Now we should point out a lot of people say this about you know Bali Bayet. Or non-philosophers, right? Right, right? You have to say things. You have to say things really simple terms to them because they won't. They won't get the nuance. And I'm only, you know, yeah. I could start many, many, uh, many, many halakhic shalos the way my wife does by saying, "Lots of right, lots of people ask me this question, and then they tell me, no, you can't give a nuanced answer. People need rules, right? That's sort of the story of my life. Um, people objecting to my answer to being over nuance. Um, okay. So my wife says, "I'm getting right." You can't, you, you, Rewise, you know, says, you know, the sort of irony. Ramosha's answer is not nuanced enough. So Ramosha says that you can't do this, but really it depends on the age. Um, and we're not going to worry that teachers get the ages of the majority of the students wrong. Right? Even, if, right? Even if that's the, right? He thinks that, right? His nuance is that you can't introduce nuance at a young age, but there is an age which he calls, which is, you all get feels. In other contexts, a lot older than Onat which is really quite young, six to eight, according to most people in the context of Shota and things like that. Um, so, right, but people have reached, children have reached a certain, a certain, a certain developmental stage, and you can try and you know, connect this to BSA or medical, whatever you want. Great Yesh has Birlahem, Shikolkav, and Asainulah made Lefola Tomidim or Kotayim Lefacham. So, your, your whole intent is to teach all the students. The ways of life and to educate them, All right, so they'll all do the good and right thing. Um, That's a solution to Mishle, right? 
it's an allusion to Mishle, but right, but it's also an allusion, to, if possibly, to the the famous Gemara about the 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 the, um, the the porter is carrying the wine the wine bottle and they break and then the child right and right and then uh, Rav Lovered is uh, right confiscates right it not, not, refuses to pay them and confiscates their jackets as payment for the wine the wine barrel they broke and they and they sue their whoever whichever rabbi was right who whose wine it was and he comes in front of Rav and Rav tells him and they say we don't have any clothing so they took our only clothing. And Rav says you have to do it because of the first half of the pasuk, and then they ask for their wages. And Rav says you have to do it the second half of the pasuk. In each case, time the, the rabbi asking the question says, "Is that the din?" And this is the response. So it's actually a, a lead pasuk for talking about the boundaries between ethics and law, uh, right? So, uh, so this one I'm a little bit more convinced of than the Megillah Esther one, I guess. <laughs> that Rabbi Weiss is using that, um, and, and actually it is used nowhere else in rabbinic literature, as far as I can tell, right? So they, uh, right? So it's so it's. Uh, Probably not such a coincidence. Ray Weiss is resorting to this person mm -hmm. uh, specifically. Yes, that is also true. That is also true. That is, it is assumed that that is not the story there because there's no back. There's no nobody. Nobody goes back afterwards. Right. It's just but there's and then there's a raging debate. Right. If you're a you know just trying a history of interpretation, there's a raging debate whether this, whether it's just rhetoric and really, really it's not din, or whether the purpose of it is to teach you that the same sure that din really is law, or whether it's a, a sliding scale that things, the same sure that din just means that for ordinary people, it's, right, it's not law, but for people in positions of, of, right, of authority or leadership and greatness, it is law, right? That's a whole debate about what the same sure that That's you know, you're blessed that that good teachers and good rabbis. So we not really would think that. You know, some people think that it's a halakha question that's irrelevant. And when, if it gets outside the realm of halakha, sure. But in the realm of halakha, maybe the answer should be objective. But there's a lot of you know, it says, you know, there's no Yeah, but financial loss is not the, that, that's an objective category. But here, here not, here's the halakha is not loss, right? It's, the assumption is that he, you don't owe people they do the job. Oh, I was going to oh. the, back to the Ashkenazi okay. yeah. okay, right. Uh, so I was, I was on the topic, so, uh, you know, but it's okay, Rabbi. <laughs> All right. Being on topic is okay for some people. <laughs> 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 um, okay. Um, right, so he says that you should explain Right, the students of that age, you can explain to them the reason I'm asking you to tell on your fellow students is because it's for their own good, so that they will become better people. Um, and so when you tell on them, you're really right. What you're really doing is you're helping them because otherwise they will be, right, other, right, otherwise they will uh, right, go on to be corrupt people with uh, with defective souls. And thanks to your telling on them, right there. Their character will be improved. You can tell I'm a little bit cynical about this sometimes. You are intending to, right? You can explain to these students at a certain age that they have the obligation, to write to help their educators. 
and to help their right, help their students uh, by revealing who did the sin. Ah, but if the teacher does not have the capacity to fulfill their educational agency, and the educator cannot explain this simple matter to their students. Okay, so he shouldn't be the one to explain it to them. Somebody else should be the one to explain it to them. Okay, this is a fascinating question, right? This is a fascinating, right? The, and the, the interplay between nuance and lack of nuance in Rabbi Weiss's Shuva uh, is just spectacular. Right? He began by saying Rabbi is not nuanced enough, right? And the way Rabbi is not nuanced enough is because he leaves out the nuance of age. Right, and what we need to learn is that there are people who, right, Ramosha, he understands Ramosha saying that nobody will get the nuance, no, no child will get the nuance you're trying to express, but I think they will. And because really it's not so nuanced. This is a pretty simple thing everyone can get. That when somebody did something wrong and you tell them, you're doing it for their own good. But he understands that some, that some defective teachers are unable of, to explain this simple thing to their students. So those teachers should not be the ones to explain it. Now, I might argue, no, 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 those teachers are not the only ones who should ever allow to explain things like that to students. So the teachers who find it easy, find this simple. All right, so this is like, right, I, I have to say, I find this very goofy. Everybody uh, frames it that way. And I think that this is, and we, we'll read the Chevy Lady. I think that's even, um, but I think like, you know, uh, I think that this is a really deep question and I think needs to be addressed. Like the, the, the thing is like, was it really, I guess the underlying thing is, do you think that question authority is a really bad idea? Right, and that the goal, or do you think that the best, your ideal society is one in which Nobody questions authority, and authority deserves not to be questioned. Uh, and you take it as a given, and you take it as a given that a Torah society will produce that unless it's horribly ill. And it's right in a Torah society, the people who teach Torah are good people, and their motivations should be presumed good. And what kind of system can you have in which people, you know, say, right, doubt the volume of Torah? Right? If they doubt their teachers, aren't they going to doubt their teachers all the way going back to it? To Moshe Rabbeinu, right, and Rishud Rabbi Gamliel. So that's one model. Right, one model is that really. No, not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's the goal. Oh, I, I, if I were to do it, I would not in any way do it on the on the domination of the sectarian bounds you set it in. I have been yeah. in, and I'm well aware of, of right wing issues yeah. that are absolutely opposite and non-orthodox issues. Totally run on the authority, no question authorities. I did no way, okay. in no way whatsoever. You know, I, I, my, I've been in both worlds, and my experience is almost like here, right? Almost exactly opposite. Halavai, uh, the non orthodoxy would really be questioning authority, and um, and the hurdy world should not be painted in, on, on simple authoritarian grounds. No, it's a scale, it's a spectrum, it's a spectrum, but I think that I think that what you're you know, in many cases of the spectrum, you have tendencies. And it's important to know what your tendencies are to justify your tendencies. There are, and there are, like, I could argue, let's say, in my ideal system, that is true. 
right? In an ideal system, there's trust, and the trust has been earned through generations, and and diminishing that trust is an enormous social cost, and it leads right, it leads it leads to a world where you know, where you, nothing, no progress can be made because you're constantly debating first principles, and you can't trust anything. But that it's right, I might argue that that's true, and yet it's totally unrealistic in the modern world. That's right to, to pretend that you have trust when you don't is worse than anything. Right, right, that, right and that, and that a, right, a fundamental education, right, and that one of the things you have to acknowledge is you don't live in, you know, you live in a world where, let's say, now this, you live in a world where uh, abuse scandals are public. And therefore, right, we, therefore, we don't live in a world on the whole, whether, right, in the, in the Haredi world also, all summer camps, right, have all sorts of restrictions about, right, like you said, campers, you know, right, same sex, different, right, different, right, all sorts of things, because we don't have trust. And we have statements we can say that, right? Any apotropos lariyos, right? We have all these statements we say. The resources are there in the tradition, but the resources were there in the tradition for what happened before previously, right? Where people did have all the trust and that trust was abused. And it was abused in ways that we decided socially, all right, are the consequences are so great that we can no longer extend that trust. But that is enormous cost, right? It has yeah. cost, right, that teachers that teachers can't invite their students home, right? Can't give their students rides home, right? That you can't invite people, you can't invite people, right? All sorts of things that used to be part of building intense relationships. Building intense relationships always carries the cost of abuse, right? And we make a different decision now. But to protect, but if a teacher now were to ask to like a teacher of 35 years ago, right? That just, that's the worst possible scenario because that will automatically be abuse. Because what you're saying then is right there are, Social norms that you should ignore because because I am who I am because you trust me. That's the most dangerous thing a teacher can say. Even if you might wish that the norms were different, you might imagine right. You might think that my ambition is that in fifty years the genie will be back in the bottle, and right, and we, and we can and right, there are certain costs we we'll have to tolerate, but that we can get them back to the point where right where those costs are tolerable because the social costs are too great. I'm open to that. Also. I don't know that we'll ever go back. I think that, uh, I think that we probably will. But I think, yeah, no, that's like that, you know, I, I um, yeah, I think huge. in Israel it's still a little bit more yeah. about that. Or like in maybe in different societies. I don't know what's better or worse. Right. I just know that in America. Right. We're moving that way. And, yeah, and I think. It has costs. It has, yeah. it has costs, it has benefits, but you can't pretend. Right? I think that generally on a lot of these issues, the key thing is you can't pretend. Right. Um, it doesn't, you know, you try and do the Wiley Coyote thing, 
you know, you're thrown over the cliff and hope they'll look and don't look down and hope that you'll stay up. Uh, right? That usually that usually doesn't work. That usually has much worse consequences. Uh, so I don't I don't live in the world Rabbi Weiss describes in which the presumption is that teachers will right teachers will be really really genuine and only right and that you know there's no malice involved and there's no and there's, there's no admixture of negative comments when they right when, when students when students tell on other students um, and even less do I live in a world where administrators are good at knowing which teachers are like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, I don't live in that world at all. You know, my experience is that administrators are often truly horrible yes. at knowing, right, at knowing, at knowing which of the teachers. Do it. And because the problem is, which is when teachers volunteer to do things like that, right, or to be used to her. Um, right, and so you have to be a, people generally volunteer for things they enjoy, and you don't volunteer. volunteer. The ones who lead the volunteers say, "Oh, I'll go explain to the kids that this is related to the, to the experience." Good. It, it, it could, but my guess is that administrators are not good at knowing which, right? If you acknowledge that their teachers are good at it and teachers are bad at it, my sense is that administrators are often not good at knowing which teachers they are, often because administrators are the wrong teachers. And so you have to have faith in the whole system that it promotes the teachers. The student, mm-hmm. It promotes the administrators who are good at this, will know who's good at it. Um, yeah, it's whether you can explain this simple thing. I guess you're right. I'm projecting, right? The plea of it. What does it mean to be able to explain? Why, why wouldn't you be able to explain this simple thing to the students? So maybe he just thinks that some people are too complicated. Anyone can go for Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would not have reacted well to the vast majority of teachers. And I did not react well to the vast majority of teachers who tried explaining this. <laughs> um, and. Um, you know, I guess you know, if I've been a specific, whatever, look the you know, teacher and said, the Hidilatarani. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you just right? Isn't it explicit for that God does work? Don't like people run a lottery. <laughs> right, right. You can say, okay, but they can find out. But nonetheless, right, if God did what, you know, you know, I, you know, part of me, you know, I don't want to be holier than God. Um, right, I'll teach that a card thing. Right, so I think that uh, we'll, 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 the next time, obviously, we'll have to do. Um, sort of Moshe and Ovesner and, and their discussion. But I think that, I think that this should be, you know, understood that this is not just an issue in Hilfus Lashon Hara, right? This is generally a question that the way in which you make law and the way you decide law in almost every area is going to be radically affected by the extent to which you have trust in the people you're prospering for and they have trust in you. If you, right, if, if you don't have trust in them, then you're going to say, okay, I need to what I need to do is to ask you the way which makes it least likely that they'll make long generalizations. And right, and if they don't trust you, right, they'll start making accommodations. Well, we always have to build it, right? You know, they always build it in a three percent thing on those. What he really means is, right, is you're all going to end up gaming the system. Um, um, because each of you is right, because right, each of you is affected. And there's no way to avoid it, right? Just unless you have already have perfect trust. And you can't pretend you have perfect trust, right? That's in a, you can decide that you know some kind of second naivete is the key. And right, and the right way to Paskin for people is if you have perfect trust in the hope that, that will lead them. Right? That trust leads to trust, and that's also true. Right, that the only way to build trust is to trust. Right? That's a, that's a good cliche. Um, so, very right, figuring out how you how you make how you make these decisions. Um, which way? Which which way are you? Are you more worried that the students will grow up 
to be people who um, yell, you know, yell malshin and most there at people who turn in abusers, or are you more worried that they'll be the kind of people who make false accusations, right? Who run around spreading rumors the first time they hear them, right? Which is the, right? Which do you think is the greatest danger to the souls of your students? And which do you think is the greatest danger to society? It might be the right answer is that we need is a cycle, right? Inevitably, society gets right, swings to one thing or another, and then your job as a mechanic is to be countercultural. If you raise kids in an era where gossip is, is, is absolute, then your goal is to train people who are absolute the other way around. And you teach the Chavis Chaim, and that's how you raise your and you raise all your kids to entrepreneurs and lesson drives, and you train your kids to um, right to walk out of, of cultural environments the first time somebody says anything that looks like gossip, and that has enormous social impact, uh, and it's very very difficult, very very difficult. Uh, enormously, uh, I, I guess I should have talked about this last time, right? That this my my great experiment in lesson education was my attempt at Gan Academy when I taught a class in lesson Hara and I got. As, uh, the conversation we had yesterday that manipulative teaching was the conversation I had with friends, and they said, "If you're opposed to manipulative teaching, how would you ever teach? It? How would you ever teach character?" And so, as a challenge to myself, I went into again. I got my students to agree to where they voted in advance because it's a pluralistic school, so you can't teach them halakha as halakha. But I got them to vote to agree in advance that this would be a class where we would try to improve behavior and not just and not just learn about laws. And and you know, I tried to get them to do things like you know, and keep diary right, you know, but. You know what? What happens if you try to walk out? Of, right? Can you walk out of a conversation with friends, uh, in which you because you don't hear lashon Right? What are the consequences to that? It's really interesting. Uh, it's really it's really hard, and you end up insulting people. Right? There's no way to keep lashon absolutely without insulting people, because people notice when you walk away, unless you're spectacularly good at you know at conversational segues. That's funny. That reminds me that I was learning the famous painless. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Like, 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 If Arthur Kessler um, sort of autobiographical reminiscence about the trials of Stalinist and Stalinist uh, Russia. Uh, and one of the things that uh, he's in prison, he's in prison, uh, reminiscing, you know, reminiscing about how we ended up there. Um, and one of the things that I know that always found at home to that story was the, the presumption that everyone around you would inform on you for the good way because that way right, that Children, right? My parents both like right? this. You know, the thing that, one of the things that really got them about selling drugs was children from their parents. Um, and so that's the part of the average race, right? Was to have a, you know, this like, see, it's like utter violence in society, which believes that informing on people overrides relationships, which is a challenging thing because we all know in our case, right? You know, when there's our case, we all understand it, yet the moral premise is sort of good. There's things that are wrong they don't tell other people about that are illegal at least, right? And of course, the exact case of contradiction you might think that actually those things are wrong, right? That's why the reason you shouldn't tell them is there's nothing wrong with being against contradiction, right? But the way I was taught, it was wrong because, as I say, wrong with a culture, which 
encourages parents, which encourages the, the relation between children and parents to be one in which children are evaluating whether parents are on the same or are going to be closer so they can go report to their school. My parents are going to school. Uh, right, which is I don't know there, but I think he lived in a culture. That was the, that was the, what that was the, the value system. And so it's not impossible that Ramosha, if he grew up in a culture where, where, you know, where he held his form, like it was just sort of a symbol. Grows up in America, I think, right?
or might not, or might deliberately not have to use. So it is a, let's say, Rabbi Lamb, Rabbi Shalom, a great deal of his later experience was perfected in ways that were often against his, you know, like his usualism, like against his experience of the 60s, and particularly the student revolt in Columbia, which is a massively dramatic experience for him. And so when they were treated in opposition to authority, Okay, I'm going to end the formal share at this stage. Um, okay, but we can't use the